0: Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslender. This message is from the series Jesus and the Gospel of Luke and was preached on September 25th, 2022. I want you to think about something as we begin. No matter who you work for or what you do in life, there are certain things that you absolutely have to know to do your job well. If you have a job, you need to know your company's goals, procedures, schedules, techniques, as well as the layout of the building, and you need the appropriate keys and codes and passwords. If you're a student, you need to know your schedule, the content of the syllabus, the material presented in class and in textbooks, the assignments and the expectations of your professors. If you're a football player, You need to know the team colors, the the hand signals, the team rules, the practice times, and the playbook. And if you're a Raider, you need to be reminded that there are two halves to a football game. There are just certain things that you need to know if you're gonna do what you do and do it correctly. That's how life works. No matter who you are, what you do, there, there are things you need to know. And the same is true if you're a disciple and follower of Jesus. And I'm going to give you six of those life lessons today, right from the ministry and the words of Jesus. If you want to follow Jesus, you need to know the things that we're going to talk about today. Now, before we read the passage, let me give you a little bit of the context just to kind of remind you where we are. We're going through the book of Luke. We're up to Luke chapter 12. And just prior to this, in the home of a Pharisee, Jesus pointed out the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. They grew very angry, and they began to plot against Jesus. And by the time Jesus left their home, the anger had spread, and a loud and mostly angry crowd of people surrounded and confronted Jesus and the disciples. And for the first time, the disciples began to see the anger that they would be up against in the future. But rather than confront the crowd at this point, what Jesus did was turn to his disciples. And he taught them some things they needed to know if they were going to live for Jesus in the face of anger and hostility. Now listen, you and I need to know these things. Because though we work hard to share God's love and the gospel of Jesus and the message of Jesus The tide of public opinion, at least in the United States, is at least temporarily moving against Jesus and against the church. And so we need to understand these life lessons. We need to know how to stand up for Jesus and what Jesus wants for us, even when we face anger and hostility and when people don't believe what we believe. So we need to know these things. if We're going to follow Jesus in today's world. So we're going to read Luke chapter... 12, verses 1 through 12, and I invite you to stand with me as we read these words. Luke 12, beginning with verse 1. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you. Fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angel of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. You may be seated. The way Jesus taught always amazes me. Because he could say so much with just a few words. And there are at least six life lessons here. Actually, there are seven. For those of you who are curious about this unforgivable or unpardonable sin, I'm not going to deal with that one today. You'll have to, to, to listen to my weekly devotional this Wednesday for that. But there's at least six lessons that I want you to learn directly from the words of Jesus in this passage. I want you to hear them. I want you to accept them. And I want you to commit to living by them. And so the first lesson that Jesus gave is this. Be wary, for hypocrisy is everywhere. He he used the word picture of yeast. It doesn't take much, just a tiny amount, he said, to work its way through a whole batch of dough. Jesus is saying and reminding us and teaching us what we talked about last week, that hypocrisy like yeast, which is even in the air around us, it's everywhere and it doesn't take much to do its work. So be wary, watch out, be on your guard. Hypocrisy may very well be our greatest enemy It definitely is our sneakiest enemy. It comes in before we even realize it. And you can look around the world and it's everywhere. It's in politicians who use the name of Jesus to hide their lack of integrity and honesty. And it's in the Christians who endorse them. It's in highly talented public speakers who fill pulpits while living immoral lives. It's in our own excuses, like, well, everybody does it, or that's just how business is done. It's in those who applaud and idolize highly talented but extremely immoral entertainers and athletes. We must be wary, Jesus said, for hypocrisy is everywhere, and if it comes to us, it will destroy our integrity, our family, our churches, And our witness for Christ. If you want to follow Jesus, Jesus said, you need to do so with your eyes wide open and your heart and your tongue deeply guarded lest we get a yeast infection from the hypocrisy around us. So lesson one, Jesus said, was be wary. Keep your eyes wide open. Be on your guard. Hypocrisy is everywhere and you don't want it to hit you, your church, your family. Lesson number two, this is a scary one that, that I mentioned earlier. Be smart, for everything about you will be known. Here's what Jesus said. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in your ear, whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. So here's what Jesus said, and it should scare all of us. Ultimately, everything about who we are will be publicly known. Our secrets won't be. Our whisperings will be amplified. Our hidden sins will be publicized. Our private messages will hit the public domain. Our thoughts will be displayed on video screens. Our business transactions will be public knowledge. Our motives will be revealed. What happened to men like Robert Sarver, John Gruden, and hundreds of others will happen to all of us, and it won't take a subpoena or the FBI or a team of lawyers to dig it out. God will make sure that ultimately who we are will be revealed, either in this world or in the final judgment. And so everything about us will be known. Who we are and how we are seen will ultimately be one and the same. And right now we think we can hide it. I can live this way and project this image. I can pretend to be this while I'm really this. What Jesus said in the big picture, in the long run, that won't be true. Who you are will be seen by all. So what he's teaching is not just to scare us. He's saying, so be smart. Live your life in such a way that if everything about you is known to your children, your parents, your spouse, your friends, your enemies, and even your pastor, if everything about you is known, live in such a way that you will have no shame and no regrets. As I heard one pastor say, even talk in such a way in your home that you could sell your parrot to the town gossip and not be embarrassed. I mean, be who you are with no hidden sins, no coverings, no false image. Be smart because in the big picture, everything will be known. So these are pretty straightforward teachings that Jesus is giving his disciples. Listen, be wary, hypocrisy is everywhere. Don't let it happen to you because who you are will be seen by all, ultimately. And the third lesson Jesus gave us is stay focused and fear God only. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after your body has been killed has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. The world can kill me. The devil can harass me and harm me. And ultimately, if God allows it, he can kill me. But after that, he has zero power. Absolutely none. God and God alone will determine my eternity. Hey, do you guys like math? Yeah, mixed reactions. Okay, but bear with me here. Let's do the math, okay? Um, It'll help us understand. I'm 64 years old. If I live like Galen Irby, who was promoted, by the way, to heaven this week at age 94, then that means I have 30 years of life left here on earth. Now, let's compare that to the amazing grace phrase about eternity when we've been there 10,000 years. That means the world and public opinion and the devil will only impact the next 0.003% of my life, and God will control the next 99.997% of my life. And that's drastically understating the case because eternity is a million times longer than 10,000 years. So you, should you be afraid of those who can help control and, and, and harass and harm you for the next 0.003% of your life, or should you only fear the one who's going to control your ultimate eternity? So stay focused, Jesus is saying, and do what God wants because God is the one who controls eternity. So, I am called, and so are you. All of us are called to live as if God is our only audience. Everything else is inconsequential and short term. I don't have to worry about public opinion because God's opinion is going to control the rest of my eternity. I don't have to worry about what others think about me because that has no impact on my eternity. God does. I don't have to worry about what others think is right and wrong, only what God thinks is right and wrong. So Jesus told his disciples, listen, you're going to go into some tough times, and people are going to hate you, and you're going to be tempted to back down, you're going to be tempted to whine, you're going to be tempted to complain, you're going to be be tempted to kind of keep it quiet and, and hide, don't worry about that, fear only God and not those in the world, because he controls the eternity. So the disciples who are just now beginning to understand, man, this following Jesus thing can be tough. In the early stages when we did miracles, man, everybody applauded. Now they're out there wanting to kill us. And so Jesus said, listen, be wary. Hypocrisy is everywhere. Be smart. All will be known. Be focused and fear God only. And the fourth lesson is be thankful for God knows and God cares five sparrows, Jesus said are worth two cents five sparrows are worth two cents and yet God knows everything there is to know about those sparrows he knows when they hatched, he knows where they lived, he knows where they flew, he knows how they were captured, he knows how they died if God knows all that about a sparrow then how much more does he know about us for we are the ones made in his image we are his children we matter to him so you thank God for that and you'd be constantly reminded of that God knows me God cares about me he understands everything there is to know about Jack Marslender and he cares then he adds God knows and numbers the very hairs of your head Now, admittedly, at least in my case, that's getting a little easier for God to handle. I'm learning while I'm preaching to hold my head high. For I looked at one of our videos and I realized that when I put my head down to pray, everybody could see my scalp. It's getting easier to do. But God said, listen, I know the exact number of the hairs on your head. I know everything about you. I want you to understand God is not like a computer in the sky. We're not talking about artificial intelligence. God is very real and very personal and very interested in every aspect of our life. God cares about me and about you and about us. So you live your life with this moment-by-moment understanding that God is real and that God cares, and that changes everything about the way you live your life. Take God out of the equation, as many people do. Take God out of the equation. It's like Solomon said in the Old Testament, all is meaningless. But put God back in, and you've got something to live for no matter what your situation is. Because, you know, there's a God that knows me. There's a God who cares for me. There's a God who knows what's going on. He knows my challenges. He knows my issues. He knows the decisions that I need to make. He's with me, and he cares. So be thankful, Jesus taught his disciples, because even in the tough times of life and disciples, you will face them. The disciples did face them every single one of the 12 faced a very tough time. He said, be thankful. God knows, and God cares. And the fifth lesson, be open about who you are. Whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man, will also acknowledge him before the angel of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. Listen, it's a pretty simple point that Jesus is making, but it's incredibly powerful. If we stand up for God, acknowledge that we're his followers, proclaim him with our lips and with our lives, then God will publicly acknowledge us. But if we don't, if we disown him, if we refuse to stand for him, if we keep our mouths shut, then God will do the same for us. Imagine this fictional judgment day scenario. Jeremy and I, apparently, were together. We just died. And as we go to the the judgment seat, you get this conversation. Who's next? It's Jeremy Wiles, sir. Ah, yes. Jeremy Wiles. He's right here in the book. A sinner but his sin was forgiven through the death of Jesus when he died on the cross and Jeremy believed in him. Welcome to heaven, Jeremy. Come on in. Who's next? Well, it's Jack Marslender, sir. Who? Jack Marslender. How do you spell that? M-A-R-S-L-E-N-D-E-R. Who? Now think about that. That's a fictionalized account. But Jesus said, whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. So what Jesus was telling us is this. Don't let there be any doubt about who you are and who you're living for and who you stand for. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you're called to make sure that everyone around you knows who you are because they've heard it from your lips and they have seen it in your life. And listen, if you go in a different direction with your life... Though I hope you don't. I'm going to give you the same advice. Whatever you choose, do it all the way. Don't be half-hearted, wishy-washy, wimpy, or half in and half out of a closet. Whatever you do, jump in with both feet and live your life openly. This is who I am. This is what I believe. This is how I live. And you and I are called to do that for Jesus. So his point was be open about who you are. And finally, number six, he told his disciples, listen, be confident and trust God. Because if you're called upon to testify for Jesus, even under difficult circumstances, you can trust that God will give you the words. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Listen, take your stand for God. And if that gets you into trouble, as it has for millions of believers throughout the centuries, if that gets you into trouble standing up for Jesus, then God will give you the appropriate words to say at the right time. Don't worry about it. Trust God. And he will help you. And listen, you got to be proud of the disciples because they learned this lesson. It was not long after Jesus' death that Peter and John were called before the leaders of Jerusalem, and they were, in essence, told, Shut up about Jesus. Their courage and their words came from the Holy Spirit. Which is right in God's eyes, they asked, to listen to Him or to listen to you? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. you got to remember, John was the quiet one. Peter was the one who, in a moment of weakness, denied Jesus. When they took their stand for Jesus, Jesus gave them the words. If I take a stand for Jesus... And people start calling me out and putting me down and asking me why, what am I going to say? What Jesus said, trust me. I will give you the words. I will help you. So be confident when you make your stand and trust God. So what do we do with these six lessons? I want to give you two practical steps. What do we do? Number one, And you probably can even go ahead and write these out because you see where I'm going. Number one, decide who you are. I mean, at your heart, at your core, who are you? Are you primarily a businessman? That's not a bad thing. Are you primarily a family man? That's a good thing. Are you primarily a mom? That's a good thing. Are you primarily a gamer or a wrestler or a retiree or a builder or a Republican or a Democrat or an American? Though you may be many things, here's what I'm asking you to do. At your core, who are you? What is most important to you above all else? I could set everything else aside, but this one thing is who I am, and that's who I am to the core, and for us, that's to be a follower of Jesus. So decide who you are. And if everything else gets washed away, you've got that foundation. This is who I am. It's not my sports teams, it's not my politics, it's not my citizenship, it's not what I do for recreation, it's not my job. At my core, I'm challenging you to make the decision that I am a believer in and follower of Jesus Christ. But I can't make that decision for you, only for me, and there are days in which I struggle with that. and I need to constantly remind myself, it's up to me to decide who I am. So who are you? And then number two, go for it all the way. Whatever you are, whoever you are, be the best. And since I'm promoting Jesus, I'm challenging you to jump into Jesus with your head, your heart, both of your feet, all of your love, and who you are. Let there be absolutely no doubt. I am a believer in and a follower of Jesus Christ. And my words will match that. My life will match that because that's who I am. And that's the decision I'm challenging you to make. That Above all else, beyond all else, no matter if all else fades away in tough times, I will stand and live for Jesus. I want you to pray about that. I want you to tell God what you really believe. This is who I am and therefore I'm all in. Let's stand together and let's pray. Father, help us not just to be church attenders as part of who we are. Not just to be Christians as part of who we are. Not just to be moral, honest people of integrity as part of who we are. Help us at our very core to have one identity. I am a believer in and follower of Jesus Christ. And therefore, I will speak that way, live that way, die that way, and trust God to take care of me for all eternity. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net, and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.